You don't see the lines at all, or they're not now. Together. <laughs> now I see the lines, but they're not okay. together. We but can it, wait for them to be together. It's okay. I think I've. You know what? I'm turning a new leaf because <laughs> we are back. This, Hello and welcome again. <laughs> this is Gig Tales. We did not fall off the face of the earth. No. And even though the world is ending, we we took a little time off there. There, it was we getting had- getting a little dicey. Yeah, we had to take a little break. We had to tend to some things. Yeah. But we're back to talk to you about absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. But, you know, what's cool is, like, I feel like we are, we needed just kind of that time. And now gigs are, like, starting back up again. You know, people are starting to play gigs. I have gigs on the calendar in a couple weeks, so. Oh, I was wondering about that because we were going to go to one of our favorite restaurants this weekend. And they posted and they're doing outside dining. And they said, we're still not allowed to have live music. So I was wondering if there's an update on when live music will be allowed back at restaurants in Massachusetts. Well, (laughs) Uh, Warp and Weft is having music tonight hmm. outside in their outdoor. And sometimes, sometimes it's by town, too. Maybe. I know so. Um, yep. If anyone out there knows, you tell us, then we'll tell you. And by the um, time we do that, it'll be outdated and changed 17 times anyway. So just mm-hmm. Google shit because it's 2020, yeah. you know? I'll um, ask Google. Google will tell me and then I'll tell you. Perfect. Or Jeeves. Jeeves is a good, good, good one. Oh, Jeeves <laughs> is definitely dead. There's no we, way Jeeves is surviving we, this. We haven't thrown back to Jeeves in like a lot of episodes. He was, he was like part of our, our, our flagship there for a while. Yeah. 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 But yeah. I, I think he died. <laughs> I think, I think COVID got him. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, well, we um, one c- good thing that's coming out of this, um, the the distanced um, virtual podcast recording is that lots of our friends who have been super busy and we always usually have all these crazy conflicting schedules and we have so many so many of you out there that we've wanted to have on this podcast, but we just haven't been able to make the scheduling work. Now it's a lot easier because we can all join from our own homes and it's easier to kind of, to schedule that time in. So mm-hmm. we're back but here. Then sometimes it's not easy. You'd think it'd be easier, but sometimes it's not. Yeah. It's so hard to schedule this like one hour of time a week. And then we're like, well, you know, I'm picking my nose between <laughs> five and six. And I have to be sad the rest of the time. So (laughs) I I really don't. I have to get my depressed hours in. And I just, yeah. Am I going to feed my depression if I'm spending time on this? Really, though? I mean, I have to aimlessly scroll social media and news articles and get really mad at both sides of every opinion. So... This takes time consuming. Listen, I've been saying this for fucking years. Everyone is terrible except me, and I'm (laughs) sticking to it. Um, But today we have with us our really good friend, another Ash, another Ashley, a fucking another Ashley. Jesus, what were you people doing in the 80s and 90s, naming all your kids Ashley? Um, A friend of the cast, Ashley Gritta, who is a singer and musician. And what the hell are you? What do you do? You tell us, then we'll tell you. Well, uh, I hate to be that person who corrects you immediately, but you actually uh, said my last name wrong. So. No! <laughs> <laughs> We're not editing that. We're leaving. <laughs> I want the first thing that most people that don't know me here say is just like, well, Terry, you're wrong. Actually, um, <laughs> yeah. It's actually Grita. <laughs> I've been saying Grita this whole time. Wow. A year, whatever. 
Um, <laughs> it's all right. Oh, God. I still don't know Sean's last name. He won't fucking tell me. Uh, so what was the question? Uh, what do you I do? Yeah. Well, what you do answered, you do? who are you? You answered that because you told us how to actually <laughs> say your name. What do you do? How? Uh, so I, oh God, I wasn't even prepared. I was prepared for all the other stuff you were going to ask me, but not this. Um, so up until, uh, well, I guess 29 minutes from now, I was working at a startup downtown. Uh, but as, as Terry knows, and Ashley's about to find out, and so is the school, uh, my entire company is closing as of five o'clock today, so I am officially laid off and unemployed. So oh. uh, it's it's okay, it's totally fine. Okay, but we we knew about it in advance, and it's it's all good. But uh, yay, COVID. Uh, otherwise, I have just been kind of gigging on and off for the past I don't know ten ish years, eight mm-hmm. ten. Years. I've been in Boston since twenty thirteen. Uh, and I started doing mostly like church and choral work. And then I randomly started doing um, like backup singing. Nate got me into some of the, the backup tours. Bob Saget oh, got you. Uh, Bob's, the Bob Saget circuit. The Bob. Saget circuit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But we didn't address who Nate is. I mean. Oh, sorry. Nate is my, my partner. And uh, he was on Gig Tales episode six. Ooh, oh, my wow. God. Look at that. Look at she you. She remembers what episode he's on and everything. Man. I'm like, I I think Sean is 37. I don't know. <laughs> wow. One of the reasons that I was just like, oh man, I like, I, I do want to be a guest, but what am I going to say? Cause you took the best story. <laughs> story. And I was like, damn it. Cause I was there for the whole thing. And I laughed along with the episode. And then you were like, Hey, maybe you can come on sometime. I'm like, Oh God, I need material. Like, but I have something he doesn't have, which is white hot feminist rage. So, uh, <laughs> And I'm ready to share that with you. Yes, love this it. This is my episode. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, wait, so you you said you came to Boston in 2013. Yeah, and where are right. you originally from? Uh, from Buffalo. Okay. Awesome. Some gig. I was in undergrad, and I was mostly just focusing on on school and stuff. But I came here. I started off with church work, choral work. Uh, got into backup singing. I've done soundtracks uh, and live performances for video game music, which is really cool. cool. I didn't even know that. <gasps> That's actually one of my little anecdotes that I have on the back burner if we need it. Because um, it's it's quite an interesting dynamic, like being in a recording studio for like 18 hours and, and doing... Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? I... Oh, yeah. Get it off the back burner. Put it right on the front, baby. <laughs> I want to hear. Pop it in the microwave. Get it ready and hot fast. I want to know. What's that... Got it ready. Um, so uh, I, let's see, how did I even get involved? I think a colleague of mine that I had done like a bunch of like classical choral concerts with, he, um, I kind of wear my nerd like on my sleeve, you know, on my lapel, like, hello, nerd is entering, you know? And she knew that I was like this big video game nerd. I've, I've always played games and Final Fantasy and stuff. She goes, hey, I, I remember that you're like a gaming person. Uh, are you interested in doing a game soundtrack? And I was like, what? Yeah, like, of course I am. She goes, oh, it pays, like, X, X amount of, like, hundreds of dollars. And I was like, uh, even better. Uh, and so I got on this guy's list. And uh, they do the recordings at WGBH uh, in, like, Austin, Brighton area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, you have to, like, go in and you don't get the name of the game and you have to sign an NDA before you find out what the game is because it's usually, like, a like a year ahead of the game release. Mm-hmm. And so they have uh, released. 
Um, so the first one I did was Code Vein, which is actually out. It's been out since September, I think. Uh, and I've actually been playing it and like listening to the soundtrack as I'm playing it. Um, Aww. Yeah, that was super cool. I actually, I have a solo in it and uh, I learned that my solo is at like one of the last bosses. So I have to play like a hundred hours. <laughs> like, so I'm so pissed about it. You like can't even get to your own thing. Yeah. It. it does exist on YouTube, so I was able to basically like scour YouTube for you know the the material. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so we we did. I think it was like a Saturday and a Sunday, and it was like 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. two days in a row. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot. Um, we also, uh, I guess, I can just tell this story now. We were doing this. The composer is. Japanese. A lot of the work that's imported is uh, Japanese games that need an, uh, an English soundtrack. Oh. So, fun fact, Terry, this is actually where I met Anna Ward. She and I. No, she did it too? Yeah. Uh, we did this in 2017, 17, something like that. So I've, I've actually known her for like multiple years. Well, she- that happened. So like, I'll let the audience and Ashley Osgood, which by the way, I still call you Ashley DeGrazia a lot. And that's I have fine. to like catch Okay. It's still who um, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ashley DeGritzia. Um, and so many people like, so we met Nate and it turned out he already knew Anna and Laura, who's already been on this podcast, her sister. Like so many people who kind of come into our group of friends are like, oh yeah, I've known this person or that person for years because they've all been singing together on different stuff for so long. But I did not know that. That's exciting. I showed up to Scarioke this past year. Uh, and wait, wait, like, wait. Oh. what? What is that? Explain that. Why don't I know if about I, it? If I said Scarioke, what would you think it is? Halloween karaoke. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. I love that. I want that to be my new Halloween tradition. Nate usually hosts a Scarioke. Yeah. It's like his, yeah, one of his things that he does. Amazing. So I showed up and everyone was like, hey, nice to meet you. Like I met, you know, the majority of like the friend group and Anna just runs over to me and gives me a big hug. She's like, oh my God, I was so excited when I heard you were dating Nate. And I was like, now that is a welcome. <laughs> no one's ever said that before, <laughs> by the way. She's the only person. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, wink. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. Just now. Uh, so you were in the recording. It was two days. It was a Saturday and a Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. I went, ooh, because to sing, was it like a f- that full time of singing too? That's a lot. It's non-union, but they are really good about giving breaks, but still working that long and singing that long. And there was like, I think it was somewhere between 20 and 40 of us. I can't 100% remember, but getting that many people to do the same thing correctly uh, like multiple times in a row and stay silent before and after is like really, really hard. And it's really taxing on your body. So you're standing there like, don't, don't, don't do anything. Don't, don't. <laughs> um, so like someone could accidentally just like move their foot and be like, Oh, can't use that take. Oh shit. God. So it's really, but, um, fun things about working on, uh, Japanese games that need soundtrack is translations. Um, and so there is this guy, uh, named Joe. He's a, like, I'm going to use real names because these are all really great, cool. 
there's this guy named Joe that does uh, a lot of the translations. And sometimes he'll just make up words because it's like an otherworldly. It doesn't happen on Earth, so it doesn't have to be a real language, right? Uh, so the composer is Japanese, and he actually doesn't speak any English. He has a translator, and uh, Shota, the guy that runs the company, speaks Japanese as well. So there's a lot of people to interpret. So, of course, the booth is silent unless they, you know, beep into the, to the studio. So we did a take. Uh, and it was supposed to be this really epic amen type sounding, haunting, like beautiful. We sang it really well. We sang it really seriously. And all we see, we don't hear anything from the booth, but we see the composer go. So like these are, these are big eyes darting back and forth. (laughs) Physical humor. Uh, So he has this terrified look on his face. And all of a sudden we hear his, uh, Joe. Joe goes. Uh, yeah, guys. Uh, what, what can I do for you? He goes. Shh. Um. So, uh, Go is telling me actually that that nonsense word that that you said. He goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. That actually means penis in Japanese. We cannot use that. <laughs> and and he goes. We're gonna need a lyric change, right now. <laughs> and so. <laughs> some silent debating in the booth and they go okay everybody take five (laughs) (laughs) wait why can't we say penis i mean imagine you get to this big like epic moment in a video game and it's just like (laughs) penis like this big like yeah (laughs) i'm sure that people you know over in japan are also playing the uh like the, the the english translation as well and so i cannot imagine the cultural issue that there would have been and of course, he as a composer didn't know what this guy was going to do with his lyrics. And of course, he's a great lyricist. He's done a bunch of stuff. He's really professional. He had no idea. Yeah. Reaction to hearing his beautiful, well-composed music and then just like 40 people screaming the word penis. <laughs> I call that a light Tuesday, my friend. That was amazing. So that was, I mean, I'm... God. I mean, there's so much that happened. Like, you get really delirious after a certain amount of time. Yeah. That was definitely at least halfway through a really long day. So it was extra funny at the time because I was like, what is even happening? I'm existing on, like, pizza and a, and a dream right now. Like, I can't. A Bob Saget hand-delivered pizza. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think hearing that for most people and, you know, probably many professions, if you were like, oh, you know, I worked 10 to 7 on Saturday and Sunday, I made some extra money, I was tired. But hearing about singing from 10 to 7, two days in a row, that's like, it's so taxing on your body and like your, yeah, that sounds really, really difficult. I mean, it was, it's super rewarding and amazing and sometimes they like you know play back stuff and they're, they're really good about sensing when the group is really tired and that's something I'm really fortunate for because like some some groups they're like oh we can do a two-hour rehearsal without a break and it's like thing do you use your voice ever um these people are really really good about being like oh you guys are probably tired and stiff and you want to like move around let's take five or take ten and it's it's really great um mm-hmm. but you get to like hour six or seven of eight or nine and you're like I'm I'm done <laughs> I think by hour four I would be really checked out I like three hours is long to sing but it's like kind of just enough to get some rehearsal in but four by four I'd be like why are we even doing this what's the point like what can we 
it's mentally taxing because oftentimes it's either recomposed in the moment or you are sight reading for the first time because they're like, oh, we decided there's like a new battle scene. There's a new boss. And so we printed this out last night. And, and then you're, so you're sight reading. So you're mentally always completely on the ball or else you screw up. you're the one that screws up the take. So uh, by Monday night, I was like, so my margaritas are where? <laughs> it's interesting i think at that point in the studio like i think anybody out there who's you know done any kind of studio work as a singer as a musician in a choral setting in a you know pop rock whatever setting it, you hit that like wall and it's you you kind of have to like for me anyway it's like okay either here's where the greatness is about to happen like if you get a little delirious and you get a little like done and you're just like fuck it like some of like my probably like best takes happen at that point but then there is a point there is some there are, are other times when it's just like nothing good is going to happen if I stay here and I just need to be able to go and mm-hmm. it's so hard like for me and the stuff that I'm going in and recording singer songwriter like band stuff a lot of times like you're paying for a certain number of hours in the studio and then there's this whole other like pressure of okay well I booked this six hour eight hour ten hour whatever maybe you book a whole weekend spot and you feel like you have to get like everything out of that and you're constantly like watching the clock and you're okay well if I do another take it's costing me this much money or like it's the the tough part of an independent musician but my yeah. my last my my the producer that I work with is really great and he does like pricing by kind of like by project he has options for that so you never like it was a my last project was like a completely different experience in the studio and it was so much better just like having that freedom like not feeling I would still book time slots but it wasn't like I I didn't feel like I wasn't equating every minute to a dollar amount and then like feeling like I had to push, you know, so many takes or, or whatever. So it, it it's really, yeah, it is. It's a whole mind. It's a whole mind game. Like there's a whole mental side of being in the studio that I think a lot of people underestimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of, and we haven't talked about this on here, slightly different, but something I love. So we've talked about the movie yesterday which I hated as a whole, but there were parts of it I actually liked. And one thing that happened in it is like, so obviously we know he knows all the Beatles music, right? And like nobody else does except for three other people. And he's recording this album and there's like executive interference and they keep going, well, why don't you do this instead of this? And why don't you do this instead of this? And he's going, no, because that's not how it goes. And they're saying like, well, no. And you're like the whole, he says, hey, dude, instead of hey, Jude. And he's like, Jesus Christ. And they're like, oh, it's so much better. And at one point he like flips out and he's like, no, this is my art. I know how it goes. Like, and it's kind of making a joke on, you see this like, you know, temperamental artist thing. But from that perspective, you go, oh, he really does. He knows exactly how, how this is supposed to go. And like, I thought it was a really good way to present that like mentality of that's what artists are thinking when they're doing something, when you're recording, when you're making your art, you know what it is. And to have someone tell you, no, try it this way is having someone tell you, why don't you rewrite, let it be because we think it's wrong when you're the only one who's heard it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's different probably 
per artist too. And I think it also, for me, I think it, it's different where I am in the process. Like I welcome that. I want that. And I want like other people's brains to like, to get that input from other people's brains. Cause oftentimes an idea because it's rooted in my brain of a song that I start to write, like it's hard, it's harder for me in a lot of ways to see it as something else. Like even a tempo change or a, a vibe change or even a genre change. Sometimes it's like, I, I welcome that, but then I can see the other side of that where it's like, sometimes I do have a very, I'm like, this is the only way that this part can go. And I can't like, I'm, I'll hear other things and get, take your ideas. But like, this is going to be how it is. Cause it's just meant to be this. And you can just like feel so confident. And for me, it's usually parts of songs. Like I need the drum beat to be this, or I need this lyric to be this or this melody or whatever. But yeah, I need 40 people to scream <laughs> penis at the end of this song. Um, that was actually, I mean, like there, there was that, there was also a time where he, so it's fascinating being in a recording group of like, you know, that many singers because you're, you're at, not at all in charge. You're basically just like a tool for them, to, which is a really cool experience. Like you obviously use your own artistry to like phrase and stuff, but within the larger unit of there's 40 F of us, we need to like create this sound. Um, there was one time where he wanted an effect and he was also partially lost in translation because it's, you know, it's hard when you have an idea to express it in your own language, but to express it in a secondary language is even harder um, and what ended up happening is he wanted us, he, he kept like saying something and it kept not working. And he was like, duck, like, quack. And so what he wanted was like this really harsh sound. And at one point, uh, one of the producers was like, guys, can you just do me a favor and just like go full on duck for this and just like see if it works and swear to God it worked. Like that was exactly, no. it was another soundtrack. And again, I have, the soundtrack for proof i went back to the track and it worked with what he was going for i heard the full orchestration i was like holy shit we do sound like ducks but it sounds right like what the fuck is this like <laughs> what game is that i want to look that it's up it's duck hunt it's duck hunt yeah. <laughs> duck hunt 10 <laughs> duck hunt 10 the duck's revenge <laughs> um being a god eater three it's this random like children's chorus interlude thing um and yeah and the nice thing is like i can actually a year later vaguely remember these stories and then hear the product because it takes so long for the final product to be put you know with you know the game uh but i have these soundtracks and i'm listening i'm like holy crap they were right like if i just trust what these crazy people are asking me to do like it'll turn out okay there's one it was a like a vampire one and they're like we need you to scream at the top of your lungs and i was like i've been singing for seven hours that's hard and they were like just try uh, and make sure that the, the height of the scream is right on bar seven and then you are done by bar eight and we're like okay but don't sound too mechanical and i'm like but okay <laughs> And again, but yeah, singing is hard. Everyone, (laughs) Um, hard (laughs) quacking is hard. (laughs) Cool, and it's it's probably honestly my favorite work, just because it ends up being such a cool like multimedia 
result. You know what I mean? And also you don't have to dress up. You don't have to like put on makeup. You don't have to put on shoes. It's better if you don't, you know, I am. Can I tell you, I put on makeup for the first time last week and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I, I have forgotten how to do this. I'm like, I'm really looking forward to being able to dress up again and say back. Yeah. Um, so what other kind of gigs have you been involved in? Preferably hilarious ones. Uh, so the, the one that I like came prepared with, and I will just have, you know, I'm the type of person that makes lists. So I actually have a gig tales. I'm showing them my iPhone right now. It's got a little uh, note titled gig tales with story ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a running one. Yeah. That I just yeah. constantly add to. Yeah. Um, so the one I'm going to tell you, I worked at an undisclosed church in Bob's, a- Bob Saget. The Church of church. Bob Saget of Latter-day Saints. For the First Church of Saget. <laughs> the first Church of Saget. Sagetville, Massachusetts. The, the United Sagittarians. <laughs> Sagittarius. <laughs> I, I've never, I, I don't often listen to myself speak and I'm realizing I'm going to snort a lot and I all <laughs> don't listen to myself snort so it's going to be a weird experience listening to this. Um... <laughs> But you do listen to yourself quack, is what I hear. So <laughs> only professionally, only when I'm quacking professionally. Right, only when you get paid to quack. Let's be real. I only quack when I'm paid to quack. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, can you do a seagull call? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't yeah. do that, but I I can refer you to a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I got a guy. <laughs> all of my seagull noises. I do, and I I, I outsource all the other birds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mallards, you're all for, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I subcontract out all of my other bird work. <laughs> I have a registry of <laughs> bird sound makers. Someone oh, asks you to do a blue jay in a recording, you just fucking throw your sheet music down and you storm out. <laughs> Can you do a woodpecker that <laughs> its intensity peaks at bar six? <laughs> <laughs> on the end of the four in bar six. Chirps <sighs> are syncopated and you need to... <laughs> oh, God, the tweets are hemiola. And I don't know. Anyway. Um... <laughs> so Bob, Bob Saget Church, the United Sagittarians' first Saget Church of Massachusetts. Yeah. And I was working, uh, ironically, for Bob Saget. Um, <laughs> and... Um, how do I even set this up? So this was a, a long-term church gig of mine. Um, and so I, I walked into rehearsal and as, you know, I'm sure both of you are familiar with, if you do a lot of, this is a time in my life where I had uh, a service industry job, um, a customer service job and was freelance singing. So my voice was shot uh, off, uh, if I had too much singing to do. And this was mid-December so I can I think you can imagine like how exhausted I may have been uh besides normally exhausted so I walked into rehearsal and I said Mr. Saget Maestro Saget uh hey <laughs> this is really hard because this name is on this email because I'm going to read you an email <laughs> uh Saget anyway I said hey uh just I had a private conversation I was like just so you know uh, I'm going to be marking today I'm going to just be singing quietly and or down the octave just because I'm he goes oh do you have your period <gasps> and I just go 
Uh, no. Then his next word is, oh, are you pregnant? What? <laughs> what? Does he know how vaginas and vocal cords work? <laughs> so, like, many men think they are connected. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Apparently they do. But you can have two, you can have three states of being. You can be pregnant, on your period, or fucking complicit. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if you're not this one, you're one of the other <laughs> That's two. That's it. That's it. And ironically, if you look up diagrams of vocal cords and vaginas, they're <laughs> oddly similar. So... In all fairness, I did, I, I got several scopes while in grad school and during my professional career. And, if, and I, I did, of course, get the photos so that I would have healthy photos. Uh, and one time I did take one out at work and someone was like, what is that? And I was like, it's my throat, you disgusting bastard. <laughs> no way. Is it, does it really look like kind of like a I mean, cervix yeah. or something? They're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gesturing with my fingers, everyone, in the Zoom camera. So. <laughs> I have them in in a file, just you know, for health records and stuff. But yeah, but we're gonna want that to be the picture for today's episode. So <laughs> we're is. gonna we're gonna request that. <laughs> so so he he said all those things, and so for context, I walked up to where he was gonna conduct, and there is like about let's see three to five feet away, the organist. And right there, the rest of the choir is setting up. And I can guarantee they all like heard this. And he said, oh, are you pregnant? And I paused for a second. I looked around at my surroundings. I was very taken aback. Now, mind you, this was like five or six years ago. So I was much younger, much more like willing, you know, trying to, you know. Yeah, uh, trying to appease everyone and just be polite and smile. And yeah. Because, you know, Sopranos are a dime a dozen, blah, 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 whatever. Uh... And so I was just like, uh, no, I'm just tired. Thanks. Um, so I did the rehearsal and I did Mark and I, I did what I was supposed to be to, to do. And so I got in my car and the entire drive home, I was like, oh, I got angrier with every mile I drove. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there is no way I can't say something. I don't care if he fires me. I don't care if he, you know, ruins my quote unquote reputation. Like, screw this. Nah. So I constructed an email to him, which I found to be very professional. Uh, Were you on your period when you wrote it, though? Because (laughs) if so, Uh, uh, dear Bob Saget, (laughs) I almost spit out my water. (laughs) I'm going to put my water down for this. Uh, and, And just to remind you, this is like a week before Christmas. Uh, titled Today's Rehearsal. Hi. Just as a follow-up to today's rehearsal, your comments made me uncomfortable. I understand that we've been working together a while and have a friendly relationship, and you undoubtedly did not mean to offend me, but it is nonetheless inappropriate to ask if I am on my period or pregnant, especially in front of other choir members. My reproductive system is no one's business but my own, and I hope you can respect my request to not have it discussed at work. Thanks for understanding and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's the best deal of all time. If your listeners are wondering, I am hair tossing. Yes. We're all yeah. we're yes. all tossing our hair back and forth right now. So Yes. Well, I got a wow. response. Well done. Oh, I mean, short, sweet, to the point. 
Very yeah. respectful. And I, I yeah. Angry, but I was like, he needs to know specifically that, like, now granted, this is an older person, and I'm sure, like, maybe he's not up with the times, but someone needs to get him up with the times right quick. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it, is that people, you know, of our parents' generation, and, like, even Gen Xers, like, no one ever spoke up about those things. And, you know, the burden shouldn't be on us to speak up, but it's important for us, you know, that's something I've grown into in my feminism is like, I'm going to say something. I had a coworker who was just harassing me, making me un making unbelievable sexist statements. And in the past, I would have just gone, okay, whatever. And I was like, and I said, nope, we're not doing this. That is so so inappropriate. Um, my gender has nothing to do with this. Gender has nothing to do with that. You need to stop. And I don't think anyone in his life has ever said that to him. And that's part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I am quite sure, especially as, um, and uh, I've seen this a few times, um, a man in power in a predominantly white music scene just thinks, and uh, you know, I hate to say it, but especially, you know, uh, they, they treat baritones and tenors a little bit differently than they do altos and sopranos. And, um, you know, they, they like their, especially their sopranos who are the most common to be as nice, as quiet, as, you know, compliant as, as possible. And I was like, you know what? Cause at that point I had also realized like, I don't think I want to be a full-time singer. I want to do something else and sing part-time. And I was like, you know what? I am totally willing to risk uh, my career to, to say something about this, to make, you know, like there's going to be full-time singers who have gigs uh, who feel scared to say something because their entire career will be ruined. I was like, I'll ruin half my career. Let's fucking go. Like, I don't Good care. for you. Yeah. So his response was, so sorry. I thought it was private enough. Yes. Are you feeling better? Uh, so I was like, whoa, you literally don't get the point. It doesn't matter if we were in a room alone together. Like, you can't. So I, my response was, Public or private, still inappropriate. I'm feeling much better. So good for you. Oh, no, there's more? His response was good. Stay healthy, especially at this time of year. I'm sorry again. It was inappropriate on my part. All right. Okay. Good Good for him. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, I, I, I am no longer with this establishment, the United Saget Heritage. <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been there for many, many years, but I am hoping that, uh, you know, any female that has either of the jobs, you know, doesn't have to deal with that. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's it, the idea moment of like, wait, is this really happening to me? Like, is someone actually asking me straight up? Cause like, you know, you always experience like a little bit of, you know, this, that, or the other thing, but so like blatantly obvious. I was like, Whoa, yeah. was not well, good. I mean, I think you approached it like, you know, this is a lot. I this is a lot of what I do in my day job is like help people have difficult conversations and like, like 
address these these types of issues and I think a big piece of it is like you addressed that you you said you know you undoubtedly were not intending to offend like you're like I'm not assuming that you were like oh I'm gonna make her feel this way or I'm gonna make her feel uncomfortable but he's he was clearly like not educated and you went into it with that I'm gonna educate you I'm gonna say this because I I need to say it for me and thankfully he took he he seem to come around and understand it by the end but going into that takes courage mm-hmm. on your part because there's no guarantee that he's gonna come around or that he's gonna respect where you're coming from or that you're trying to to educate him and so that first kind of extension of that I don't even want to call it like an olive branch but like reaching out and and addressing it takes a lot of courage so good for you and like how many like you said how many people after you were probably saved from a similar situation because you had the courage to stand up and, and say something. And now he's, he's not making an ass out of himself in that way, probably. And other people are avoiding being feeling, feeling uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. well and who done. Knows, maybe someone like takes that information home and says, Oh, the weirdest thing happened. I said this to this woman and she wrote me this email And then, you know, maybe he shared it with uh, someone he knew. And they were like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. And then he's like, oh, shit, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe I shouldn't have been like talking about it and bringing out. And like Ashley said, in a very non-accusatory way, because, you know, um, people can get so defensive Mm -hmm. if you're like, hey, prick, you fucking piece of shit. That's how I talk. Um, (laughs) but like people fuck up like people also fuck up and people like you said like probably no like Terry about your guy like probably nobody ever said that to them before so some people are like just ignorant to certain things like they need that wake up call and whether or not we think people should or shouldn't already know that like whatever some people do some people don't so that's the reality so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we we have our generation has the honor I guess maybe of being able to speak up and like women before us didn't have that it was it would have been inappropriate and like for my mom in the workplace to have gone back and said hey that's inappropriate Mm -hmm. like she could have been putting herself at risk but now we can do that Mm -hmm. so let's fucking do it guess what dudes I'm gonna fucking say shit all the time now yeah and honestly like our our dynamic shifted after that I think he um, I think he was like, oh, this woman is like not going to take my shit, whether, uh, you know, having to do with personal stuff or professional. Like at that point, I was like, you know, if he did something stupid in rehearsal, I would just raise my hand and be like, oh, actually, Bob, uh, <laughs> you know, this, that or the other thing. And I would always do it professionally. But I was so I think I was there for another year or two after that incident. Um, and I felt so much more comfortable, uh, you know, when I, like taking that power and that you know stance mm-hmm. i have since too like in in other gigs you know if i show up and there's like some some bullshit going on i'm like nope nope squash this what what that is also- what is some of that bullshit <laughs> oh, God. Actually, like there was there's sometimes like you know if a, a contract says one thing and they're like by the way you know for instance oh uh you're contracted from a 6 to eight thirty rehearsal and the day before, they're like, great, so call time is 5.30. And I'll be like, actually, fun fact, my contract says 6, so you will see me at 5.59 and I will be in my seat. Thank you very much. You know, that that type of thing. Uh, and there's so many, I feel like especially, I don't 
really, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I feel like, especially in like the opera slash classical world, there's this like need to please and the need to like, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of, uh, these people in charge are like, Oh, you should be grateful to be here. No, you should be fucking grateful that my fucking talented ass is sitting in your front row. Don't tell me that <laughs> like, <laughs> time is at six and I've planned my life around that. And I contract. Like I, I put some ink on a paper that said I'd be there at six. Yeah. And if I'm a professional, I'm always there at five fifty-five. Don't tell me now I'm there at five thirty, and tell me that I'm fired if I'm not there at five thirty. Uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. <laughs> I think some of that comes with age too, where you're like, oh, I don't have the fucking time and energy to be like, well, okay, I guess I'll show up at five thirty. And it's like, nope, I don't have time for this. Well, and it's also because um, I, you know, another nameless gig. Uh, that I will not, uh, the, the Bob Saget opera company of Boston. Um, <laughs> like we all contracts. And at this point they, they needed a really like a, a, an older, more experienced chorus. So a lot of the choristers, uh, were 30 plus and or mothers. And so, especially, you know, a lot, a lot of the singers that I know that are, are married with kids are like, <sighs> No way. Like I have so many other priorities besides your stupid change in call time. Like I signed a contract. I'll be there. I'm currently pumping. Fuck yourself. Like I'm not coming. (laughs) I too am pumping, but it's a Nerf water gun. (laughs) And I'm just ready just in case. It's a super soaker. Um. So, but I, I definitely know that when I was in my early 20s, I probably would have been like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I can totally be flexible. And there are times when I'm, of course, flexible, because if I can be, you know, I will be flexible with you. But I will definitely make it known. Oh, you said one thing. Now you're saying another thing. Because I am a good person and professional, I will come early. However, I am making it known that you did say something else. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I think it happens. That's the, like, uh, the respectful I told you so. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think it happens. I, I see it a lot happen in kind of like the like singer songwriter, like band kind of circuit where there are newer, you know, less experienced groups or artists that are coming up and they're willing to take certain opportunities for like longer gigs for less pay. And, you know, venues don't necessarily know what they're getting themselves into with their booking right so it's like well this person will play this gig for this much money and they'll play for you know four hours or whatever so why can't you guys and it's like because we've been fucking doing this for however many fucking years we know how to entertain a crowd we know how to read a room we know what volume to play at we have very nice equipment because like you know it's like you're not showing up with your shit but like a lot of that stuff that the the venues and even the patrons of the establishments a lot of times like don't don't necessarily know the difference i think if they heard like an exact side by side they could pick it out but if you're just like out somewhere and there's live music like it's if you're not a musician or a musical person like i don't think the average person is going to notice like the gear the quality of the gear or the i don't know it's interesting so it's tough because there's a lot of like well you know, we all have to band together and not take shitty gigs because then they're just going to keep taking more advantage. Like then it's harder to get gigs because you won't go down in cost price or you, whatever. So I think it's, I think we see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're talking about working in America, like period too. A lot of that stuff applies to so many things where it's like, yeah, 
and when you're younger, you're like, sure, I'll do this and that, blah, 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 and I'll do it for $9 an hour. Now you're like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys, if we all banded together, it would I be know. fine. Because you want, like, the other thing is you also have to get experience. So that was frustrating, too, when I was starting out where, like, place think places starting start trying to get into new areas and places would be like well do you have a following here it's like no because i haven't fucking played there yet like how do you want me to get a following there unless i play there but i can't play there unless i have a following there like it's such a you know so you're just willing to do shit because you you want the experience and so i it's tough on both sides for sure honestly i think that's uh one of the biggest issues with the boston uh church gig scene is that they're flooded with all these conservatory students that are talented, but really green, you know, they're really new. So churches are like, great, we can pay $50, $55 a Sunday or per call or whatever. Uh, And then there's, you know, professionals that are 10 years older and they're like, I don't work for that anymore. Uh, But there are, because there are so many young, fresh people that are like, Oh, there's an extra rehearsal. Absolutely. I'll be there. I wasn't doing anything anyway. I'm like, uh, bitch, it's Saturday. Of course I'm doing something like, <laughs> you know, so no, I'm going to show up for three hours on a Saturday for $50. Mm-hmm. No, uh, but they still, can they still do singing at churches now? Is that still happening? Uh, some people are doing virtual and sometimes they're doing like quartets and they're like 10 feet apart. Um, I'm not currently doing that because I, you know, don't rely on that income. Thank God. So I'm just, uh, I'm staying out of it for now and just letting other people, sing and do that stuff and taking a break but it's definitely still happening it's either happening you know you sing in your home and zoom into the church service or pre-record or you go into the church and you're the only person there and the organist is wearing a mask all of those situations are currently happening but is the organist wearing a full mask or just one on just half of his face (laughs) yeah it's the only thing that's allowed in churches i thought i think it was laura fry who posted um i think she she shared this article but i've seen it seen it come out from a few of my chior friends and like the there are studies and and people saying that like singing is singing in groups is going to be like one of the last things to come back to be like widely accepted because apparently apparently the when you sing there's it's like there's a a huge risk that you're yeah i mean we're we we're spitting all the time right so you're like really projecting so they're saying that that's like a hugely a, a very high risk activity and that it probably won't be like widely accepted for until there's a vaccine, I think is the article that I saw this week come out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Chior, oh, Chior and very, a, very I mean, specifically the last phase, phase five of reopening will apply specifically to Daffy Duck singing. He's going to be the last person allowed. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of saliva, a lot. Or the ep- the episode of Friends where Joey is acting in the war movie and they're spitting all over each other. It's like, real actors spit! Yeah. <laughs> all movies are going to be shot, yeah. like, entirely on green screens. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to have movies for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, AMC theaters are opening back up late July, and apparently the new Mulan movie comes out, I think it's July 24th. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to it since, uh, you know, March, but unfortunately, 
I am so excited for Hamilton, too, which is coming out July 1st. But you don't like musicals, Terry. I know. Isn't it nuts? I I resisted. So Sean told me when Hamilton came out and it was like first on Spotify, Sean was like, you really have to listen to Hamilton. It's really good. I was like, I don't do musicals. I don't do musicals. I don't do musicals. And then one day we were just cleaning the house and he put it on. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Why didn't I listen to this musical before? So it good. Hits. Oh, it's so it's good. It's so good. I just listened to the whole thing the other day. Wait, Ashley just said something and we missed it. I said your life was changed. I've actually never uh, seen Hamilton. That was another thing that we were going to probably try to see in the in the spring sometime. But so on July first, I believe, or July third, on Disney Plus, they are releasing the full um, stage production with the original cast, and it was supposed to come out in like three years or some shit. And they were like, "No, let's just do it now. Just do it." I fucking love Lin Manuel Miranda. Like, thank. Thank you. Thank you for being in this world, Lynn. Like, he's amazing. I mean, Moana, like, come on. I just, crazy. Yep. Can't so wait. Good. We'll have to review that, Terry, on our whatever episode, the the, uh, the Hamilton, um, recorded Hamilton. Yeah. I'm just like, it's great. The end. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Brilliant. <laughs> the end. I'm sure. When we saw it, we saw it in Boston and... I I didn't love our Hamilton. The the gentleman that played Hamilton. I just I was a little disappointed. I mean it was still fabulous, but you know, it was like whatever the, the touring cast and I don't I think it was I don't think it was even the like the I don't have words. Like the main, main guy from the, was like for his the understudy or yeah, something. He's like the yeah. second or like whatever, but he was he had a I don't know if it was a, a, a choice, like an act, uh, his character choice, an acting choice, or if it was just him. But to me, he seemed too laid back. Like Hamilton, like the original with Lynn, like he's so like fired up and like he's so he's I mean, on. He's just like got an edge. Yeah, yeah. he's like yeah. he's hungry. He's like fire, like fiery. And I mean, it's even in the lyrics, right? He's young, scrappy, and mm-hmm. hungry. Like. But this guy was just like, he was like too cool. And I was like, ah, like I need you to have like, I don't like light a fire under your ass. I don't know. But it was, it was still great. It was still a great show. But I feel like I have to see it again when, and that, when sh- touring shows are a thing. Yeah. I'm excited to see the original cast on the one that's going to be on Disney Plus. I wouldn't go, listen, you all know how I feel about musicals. No offense to musicals. It's just not my thing. So I like. I wouldn't really go to see one, yeah. but I would go go to see Hamilton. So the Disney Plus option is a nice little like, hey, you can do this without going into a crowd and being around other humans. Yeah. I'm like, perfect. Oh, I don't wear pants even when I go to the theater. Why bother? You can't. You can't control me. I actually uh, I saw a production. Uh, since it was local and it's potentially a local person, I won't say names, but I saw a production in which the lead male uh, and, and oh, Bob Saget was in that. Yeah. Yeah. The lead male was uh, Bob Saget Jr. And um, his, uh, he was probably an eighth to a quarter tone flat 60 to 75 percent of the time. Ooh. Was was he on his period? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was pregnant. <laughs> all right oh fuck 
you know what it's time for me to ask you? What? I actually don't know. Oh, you don't? Oh, you don't even listen to this podcast? What are you, my domestic partner? Um, what is everyone listening to? Uh, I actually just uh, got back into Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Nice. I forget I forget how I got there. Uh, I think I was just exploring like old music uh, still on my iPhone that I had actually downloaded before the time I had Apple Music and just streamed everything. Um, this was like, I probably got into them four or five years ago. And I was like, wow, they're actually like, they're great to listen to during the summer. They're really upbeat. They're really fun. Um, yeah. So I, I started listening to them again. Nice. Um, I have a friend who just released a song, um, an, an, a new song and she just released, she released just a, a single and I think she's working on uh, a full length album. I believe she is doing like the, the crowdfunded thing. I don't know if her plan has changed um, with everything that's going on, but she released a, a new song called in a small town and her name is April Cushman and I need to get her. She wants to come on the podcast. So we'll, we'll try to get her on, but um, she's a, a country artist. She's got a, great voice she's a great you know she plays acoustic guitar she's just she's got a band but she does a lot of uh the solo acoustic stuff and i think she's been starting to get back out there and play some gigs and yeah she's just like she's just like a badass bitch she's like really kind of she's got like a kind of a rugged like raw just very natural sound about her so um yeah april cushman her new her new song cool um, I have been listening to, so I just want to say one fucking thing. There was a radio station. It, yeah, it's going to be long. There was a radio station in Boston for years. It was Oldies 103.3, as you may recall. Um, and then about 10 years ago, it just, on a flip of a switch, switched formats to top 40. And it was like one of the most devastating days of so many people's lives. It was awful. It just went over to top 40. So I like, you know, took it off my preset. I was like, oh, damn, there's no more oldies stations, whatever. So in the past couple of weeks, I started like flip, like when you'd be tuning that, you know, so you can like do your presets and you can like seek. And I was seeking and like it landed on, you know, it was like Prince or something I'm like, all right, I'm gonna listen to this. And then up next came like, I don't know, Ace of Bass or something. And then came like Boys to Men and then came like uh, Third Eye Blind. And I was like, what is this radio station? And it was 103.3, which is now, and I was like, wait a minute, did they change format? So I've been listening to it. Now it's called Big 103, so it's no longer Top 40. And it is the oldies of today, which are the 90s, the 80s and 90s, I think. So it's like all 80s and 90s music. And like, I heard one or two, I know, is that the most fucking upsetting thing you've heard in your life? I was like, oh, this is an oldies channel again. But the oldies are now the 90s. Oh, God. <laughs> so we've been, I've pretty much left it on that channel, that in 97.7. And I've just been listening to a lot of like 80s and 90s pop and R&B. And it's been, it's just been lovely. So I guess I'm plugging 103.3 right now is really what I'm doing. And we said, what are you listening Please. to? You're like, literally, what am I tuned, what channel am I tuned into? Oh, my teeth look great on this Zoom. I just want to say, look at those. Terry just had her first, yeah, her first dentist appointment since uh, since COVID. 
since March. Yeah, I was very disappointed when it got canceled, so I feel a lot better. Um, yeah, but 103.3 and 97.7 have constant throwbacks. So we've been, I think we've talked about that here, a lot of comfort stuff going on. So big 90s hits, mm-hmm. big time. Good stuff. Cool. So what I think we need to do is like next, we need to have mm-hmm. like Ashley come back with Nate for like a dual episode, a couples episode. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm saying we have gotten so much, so many people comment on Nate's episode. And like, I think it's a lot of like my friends who don't know him, right. Who like, don't even know Terry, like people that are in my circle. And uh, yeah, he's, he is, I think still to this day, like one of the top episodes that we get comments on and everybody just he's such it, a great storyteller and his stories are so good it and I goes have... against it goes against every fiber of my being to compliment <laughs> nate like i i was built with a genetic code that does not allow me to say anything good about him or positive towards him but that episode was so good it was, it was really yeah and i feel like i am the- um, Sorry. Uh, he, he and I were talking. He's like, I actually remember like another really good story that I didn't remember then. And he's like, I would totally do it again. Yes. So, yes, I feel like this where people are going to really love this because how could you not? Are you on your period? If you don't, if you don't love this, you're on your period or you're pregnant. But. <laughs> Yeah. So I think we need to schedule yeah. that. I think people need need a an Ashley and Nate episode if you guys are down for that. Oh yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Well I mean I guess since I, I wear the pants in this relationship, I'll totally just say yes for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We will get it on the books. So you guys, we will be back with more Ashley for you and, and may, maybe she'll let Nate come that day we'll see we'll see if she lets him in (laughs) she lets him out of his cage yeah (laughs) oh man well thank you so much ashley it was a pleasure i can't wait till i can like meet you in person and you know we can hang out yeah whenever there's a vaccine and we can sing at each other's faces again or something (laughs) it's good all right, everyone. Well, you know what we always say here on Gig Tales. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend. And if you didn't like it, you're on your period, you're pregnant, and tell an enemy. <laughs> Goodbye. <Bye>. Keep gigging. <laughs> You're on your period. You're pregnant. <laughs> and also tell a friend. <laughs> and also tell an enemy. Yeah, yeah, an enemy, right. Which isn't everyone your enemy when you're on your period. <laughs> For real. Well, like, not like the ice cream truck driver, you know? <laughs> or like the tampon salesman. I don't know. Because <laughs> there, there are tampons. They go to door to door, peddling their tampons. <laughs> there's a tampon truck tampons tampons get, get your tampons get your tampons kids it's just Kristen wig i don't know why it's Kristen wig but she's
That's your tampons. Tampons. Ladies, hey, it's cold. Tampons. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so we'll be in touch because I fucking love the idea.